The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does it mean to be present? To try and stay in the moment that you're in and not worry about the future or regret the past. It's something I've been trying to do for a long time. I'm Diane Ray, and I have always had questions about the big picture. God, life after death, spirituality, metaphysics, and what drives people to do what they do. And I like to ask them about it and learn from it. If you're a seeker like me, I hope you join me for some of these conversations on the podcast and be present with me in this moment. I'm so glad you could tune in and join me for the conversation today. So if you know a little bit about me or listen to this podcast, then you know that before I was working at Hay House Radio, then I went and worked with Unity Online Radio, and then I launched this fabulous network with my business partner, Tina Williamson, called MindBodySpirit.fm, this podcast network that for the past couple of years, I've been able to gather together an amazing group of people and I'm really proud of who we've assembled. I think we have some really cool teachers on the on the network. And one of the great things about being able to work with all these people and gather them together is that it's turning into a community of friends. And all of the podcasters uh, help and support each other's work. And it's been really cool to see that happen. So my guest today, Pippa Leslie, she's coming on because she had reached out about the network and her podcast, the Conscious Convo podcast, which I'm happy to say is hosted on mindbodyspirit.fm. And she wanted me to be a guest on her show. And I'm like, wow, you know, I don't, I'm not a guest often (laughs) on people's shows. I like to be the one asking the questions, but she did such a great job interviewing me and it was so fun. And I just felt this real connection. And then she also told me um, after the interview that she was going to be coming to the States from where she lives in New Zealand. And she happened to be coming to San Diego where her husband has family. So we got to connect in person, which is really great. And I got to meet her husband, Chris, who's also an amazing podcaster as well. And so I wanted to return the favor and have her on my podcast and have her on as a guest to talk about her work and her life and everything else. So now we're flipping the script here and Pippa's joining me on my show. So thanks for joining me, Pippa. Thanks, Diane. It's so good to be on your show. <laughs> oh, I wish I could teleport myself to New Zealand. I want to come. You would there. love I to come in. I know. I see your pictures. I would love to come and visit. And I'm I'm threatening. I may do that someday. So I want to tell you about Pippa. She's an expert in the quantum healing hypnosis technique. She also does Reiki, intuitive guidance, and private mentoring. And she's just an amazing teacher. So first of all, I just wanted to find out a little bit about your early life, because I think it, it's so interesting. You, you're not from New Zealand, right? So you're, you're from the UK originally. Yep. So I grew up in the UK. I was born in Liverpool and I grew up in a place called Wigan for any of my Northern UK people listening. And from early life, Diane, I remember being a teenager and just not 
vibing with the UK. Like I just never felt like I belonged in the UK. The energy, the people, I just, and I just, I was so well-traveled as a child as well with my parents and family. I just wanted to go see this big, huge world that we've been placed on to go and see all the beauty that we have in this, in this world. So being now in New Zealand is a dream come true. And just how I've expanded since I've been here the last 18 months and, you know, missing family, obviously living away is, is hard, but just the expansion, like I said, from, from my early life to now. And even my dad said yesterday, you don't, you don't really know where your kids are going to end up. You know, I never thought you would end up in New Zealand and my sister is moving to Australia. So it's like, you know, they're all, jet setters the all around. Yeah. That's so great. You know, I really relate to that feeling of, I grew up in Florida and I, as the years are going on, I'm thinking this isn't really where I need to be. And I would always come out and visit friends in California and I always loved it here, but I never really, it took me a while to make the connection to really move. And, you know, I had a lot of fear around doing that, but I think that it seems like Europeans just have more nerve to do that. Like, you know, you travel and, and you go places and live other places and I think sometimes Americans are afraid to do that. That's just my opinion. I think <laughs> it comes down to the weather, Diane. If you're from the UK, any of the UK listeners, you will know our weather is terrible. So <laughs> I remember Chris being over in the UK three years ago and he's from California. So he's grew up in the lovely weather of California. And I remember he came in the May of 2020 through the pandemic and he stayed with me for six months. And through July and August, we had a couple of nice days, you know, and I remember him getting to like end of August and he said, that was your summer. I was like, yeah, he went, that is awful. And I said, <laughs> I know, like, that. so I think from being definitely UK, we always were looking for the sun. So we'd always go to Europe. You know, I, my mom and dad had a holiday home in Spain, Southern Spain. So we spent a lot of time in Spain and we just, we just loved the sun. So, you know, the weather in the UK, it's constantly gray, raining. We have some nice days, but it's a, comical joke in our family that you know that's why we traveled so much uh, as kids because mom and dad were like let's get out of this gray miserable you know miserable weather so yeah it's always and that's why we have the balls to kind of go on a plane right. and, and travel. yeah find the sun that's great though but you got to experience a lot of things and open open your mind and open your eyes and see how other people lived and I think those are all valuable experiences i think americans need need to get out there more i definitely need to do some more traveling is it, is it, i think chris told me this the stats of like how many americans don't have passports it is it's frightening yeah i was so happy to get my passport i was so excited i thought this is it this is my ticket around the world i can go anywhere so yeah. i i was really thrilled but um you know from all this experience i mean were you brought up in a in a spiritual or religious tradition at, at home or were your parents kind of open to you exploring those kind of things? No. So I was brought up Catholic and I would say my mom's mom, my nan, she was religious. She went to church every Sunday and, you know, I got a lot of that. I learned more about religion through her really. And I think the only reason I was Catholic is because the schools I wanted to go to were Catholic. So we, I think that's what happens now, isn't it? We baptize our children to go to certain schools, especially in the UK. And so I was, I was, I studied, you know, religious studies through school. It was part of our curriculum. And we, you know, we do prayers at the end of the day and, you know, give gratitude. I remember we, we used to sing songs before we went home and things like that. So it was nice. But as I got older, 
I didn't have spiritual parents as in awake parents. Now that they're more, you know, they question more things now because they they see me growing. They see my podcast. They see my posts. They must think I'm mad sometimes and they think I'm a bit crazy, but they respect my work and they respect what I do. And they actually really love what I do for people, you know, helping people. And they see that aspect of it, that, you know, perception of I'm actually helping the world. I'm helping people, you know, with their mental health and their self-love and the, raising their consciousness. So I didn't have spiritual parents and I just felt like the black sheep. I don't right. like calling it black sheep. I like saying pink sheep because black sheep doesn't, <laughs> it's like dark color. So I was the pink sheep of the family. And I, as I got older, I just, I had this energy of, of, I don't know, like just a, just a complete different energy and, people who will resonate with feeling this way of just feeling different. I had a different outlook on life. I had different, different thoughts. God, I was such a thinker, curiosity. I remember awake, I was such a morning person. And as soon as I wake up, I was asking mum and dad like 21 questions about the universe and space and aliens. And so I was always really curious. So as I got older, I just become more awake and more open. I love the pink sheep. That's so cute. I, I felt like that as well. Um, I think my father brought us up Catholic just because it was a habit. You know, I think he went more of, as like a habit and maybe he got some comfort from it, but I don't think he was really like, you know, I guess you could say not spiritually awake. He tried, but yeah, I think it was more just kind of a tradition, you know? So I was brought up in a, a similar tradition as well and, and kind of felt like the pink sheep where I was interested in always, you know, asking questions of metaphysical things. And I was interested in the afterlife and ghosts and angels and all kinds of stuff. So I've, I've had similar questions asked from my family as well. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, is that crazy? But they've, uh, they've become more accepting as well. So I, I totally understand that. So as you got older and you started experiencing, um, you know, or questioning things and, and looking into spirituality, I, now I know one of your big influences is, was Dr. Wayne Dyer, because we've talked about Wayne, but were there other people that you uh, gravitated to or, or felt a resonance with? No, it's always been Wayne. Wayne's the one. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's yeah, the think main teacher. He's definitely the doorway to, I'm trying to think before Wayne came into my life, who was a kind of gravitating towards, I think I just found people on my way. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I've actually like, my books are normally right in front of me here because I'm moving house. I've like, my books are all like, it's empty. So I'm, normally I'll be sat here going, oh, who have I read and who have I looking at? But I think when Wayne came into my life about three, four years ago, I remember just being online, you know, listening to Abraham Hicks and listening to, who else listened to from Hay House? Louise Hay. And I just, I just, as these teachers came in, but when I started listening to Wayne, Wayne just, how he spoke, how he, how he articulated his words, how he told stories and it just resonated. And then when I met Chris, my husband, Chris has, is very connected to Wayne. He has a very similar story to Wayne as in personal story of, you know, having a dad leave and the, the army and just, you know, he's, he's got a PhD and there's just a lot of similarities. So we, we just resonated with Wayne. And I just think Wayne then opened the door up to like other people like Lao Tzu and all these different people that he loved. And I just think that's how you learn, isn't it? That's how you connect, you know, like you grow in the podcast network and we connect and we send people your way. And it's, 
that's what we're about that's how we we live we're tribal people we love community we want to be we want to feel included we want to be around other people so I think Wayne was definitely yeah Wayne's the one he's on the wall here so yeah I think he likes that attention being the one like he's the one who opened (laughs) the doors to everything well he was such a great teacher and influence for influencer you know for so many people and it's funny when you mentioned the other teachers like it was through Wayne that I read Ramana Maharshi and I bought Autobiography of a Yogi and started reading, you know, these books because he would go on about, you know, how much he was learning. And he was always such a a student, even, you know, throughout his whole life, he was always reading and, and reading and studying and St. Germain. I mean, I just, I can thinking of all the teachers that he would mention that whatever he was into, you know, so he, uh, he's was such a big influence and that's so great that he kind of opened your open your mind as well yeah and he still does like I've still yet to read half of his books and whenever I'm having a bit of a down day I'll just put Wayne on the tv on YouTube and doing a talk or I'm reading out the Tao Te Ching just he's just he's just a pivotal spiritual teacher for me and how how he described like having Lao Tzu in it on his writing space a picture of Lao Tzu someone gifted him that that painting of Lao Tzu that's kind of like how I feel with Wayne like I feel Wayne around me all the time and I don't think it was, I think it was Nadia, Nadia de la Cruz. She asked me, how do you feel like, what, do you have any signs from Wayne? Like, do you, how do you know he's around? And I said, you know what it is? And it's so weird. It's the, what's the little green, the praying mantis. So I remember him talk, talking to a, a story about him and his son, Sans. He was in Maui and he said this little, the prey mantis was on like the the balcony and he was just watching this prey mantis and he's like this is incredible this so it just it just stuck with me so I used to say come on Wayne send me prey mantis and honestly Diane he, he sends them because I never see them growing up in the UK I would I've never seen one in person until I got to New Zealand and as soon as I put a pitch up on the wall he sends them to me and I remember my husband Chris because he loves Wayne I said to him I've asked for another prey mantis and the day after Chris shouted me saying Pip come here you won't believe this and he went into the bathroom there's one in the bathtub no way I was, just, I was just like they're everywhere like they're on the window on the floor and obviously I just hold them and say hi Wayne how you doing you know thanks for this and I just let them you know I let them go into into nature but that's definitely you just get that smile you know just like he's around and you get those messages and yeah even even now he's he's changing the lives of so many people you know he is. And I think he'd be happy that we're talking about him right this moment yeah, <laughs> as we're recording was. this podcast, because he, he loved doing his radio show and he loved connecting people. And I think that he'd be happy to see, you know, this connections are continuing and, and people are still into his teachings. So that's very yeah, cool. I want to follow in his footsteps. I always said that to Chris, like I want to follow Wayne in his footsteps. And that's what I try and do every day. Like all of my quotes that I can reel off like he did he had so many quotes like memorized I'm getting there so when I do talks and I'm teaching clients and I'm, I'm doing like you know events I'll always come out with these like quotes and at the end of it I'm like god that was good I had those quotes damn I was like great this is great because I sometimes don't remember them all and when I do remember them I feel like Wayne's helping me at the, at the time you know get these quotes out to help people well, I think that you're on your way to being a great teacher. I mean, if people go to your website, IamPippaLeslie.com, and they can see what you're teaching and, you know, some of the services that you offer. So, I, you know, I've talked to another teacher before about the quantum healing hypnosis technique, and I'd like to know a little bit more about how you got involved with that and 
and how you work with people with that. Cause I think it, it's so amazing and I don't really know a whole lot about it. I don't know if people are really aware of what you can do. Yeah. So QHHT for short is, was developed by Dolores Cannon. So she's a big spiritual teacher and she, she died, I think the year after Wayne, her daughter, Julia Cannon, she now runs the QHHT foundation and I spoke to her on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. She's great, you know, such good energy. And I, to be honest, Diane, I remember being in Australia four years ago and I was listening to a couple of past life regressionists like Dick Supton and I think Mike Newton, things like that. And Chris has always been into past life regression. So I think it was coming up for a reason because when I met Chris, he was really into past life regression and lies between lives, things like that. And I remember listening to this past life regressionist and I was like, oh, I could never do that. Like, that's such that's such a hard job. Oh, my God. I used to think, like, I could never regress someone or, you know, even hypnotize someone because it just didn't feel normal for me. But then the year after, I was connecting with a few of the people who were hypnosis practitioners and they were trained in different, you know, different techniques. And then Dolores was popping up with my Reiki master. And I was doing my Reiki master at the time and she kept mentioning Dolores and I was like, okay. And she kept mentioning different books. So again, the spiritual teacher comes into your life. And then Chris had a dream about Dolores. Now, Chris didn't know Dolores, didn't know really know much about her, just knew the name. He had a dream about her. And so Chris would go in when he goes to sleep, he goes to like a doorway because he listens to the, you know, the Moses code as Wayne did every day. That's our nighttime routine every night. And Chris goes through the doorway and he said this old lady was just sat on this bench and she told him to read a certain book, which then he Googled and he was like, oh my God. So he read it. It was the convoluted universe. And she told him that she was called Dolores Cannon. She told him when he was born, when she was born and when she died and that I should do QHHT. So when he told me the day after, I was like, that's so weird. And I've told like Julia and the other ladies who did QHHT and that they said so many people have had experiences like that where she's come through dreams or messages. So I booked the courage up and I did my level one and then I had to do my my practice sessions. And I, I will be honest, I was so scared because just doing something totally out of my comfort zone you just mentioned that lady who's got, who wrote that book, you know, doing something that scares you a little bit, just the opportunities that then arise and the the bravery that you have. And I'm a really brave, courageous person. So yeah, just doing it. And now I'm in New Zealand and it's not, there's only a couple of practitioners that are really active in New Zealand. So there's probably like 20 of us here. So it is really popular here. It's past life regression, it's subconscious healing. So Dolores knew she could tap straight into she literally spent 50 years developing QHHT from clinical hypnosis, things like that. And just, you know, connecting with these other beings, like higher beings and different, you know, spirits would come through through to her and say, this is what's needed now for the for the next generation and for the people to come is that it's so simple. Now, people think hypnotizing is like where you hold the thing and you look at it or you get right. someone to stir a picture. There's different techniques, but this is so simple. And the way she used the script, the words, the choice of the words, how she does it is incredible. So you're technically taking people through past lives and then you contact in the subconscious, which is the higher self, the oversoul, you know, however you want to kind of, you know, connect to that. And it's just, just, they come in really like, you can just tell a client, they come in with a bit nervous, a bit closed. And as soon as they come into my space here, they really open up because I've got that real motherly, you know, nurturing energy. And then just seeing them leave with like that glint in their eye and just, the shoulders are more relaxed and they just feel they just they've got answers. They feel like something's just they all they all actually say something just popped, clicked, like, and that's all it is. You know, all it is is like, and this is what I say to everyone, is like there's so many modalities out there, as you know, Dan, there's so many. I won't even list them because there's that many. I say to all my friends and clients, just try it all. 
because all of it is exploration of yourself and you're finding out about your trauma, about, you know, your past lives and you're piecing your jigsaw, your tapestry. And the more you, you, you create that and you see your big tapestry, the more you find out about yourself and you can live a more peaceful life. And that's kind of where I'm at now is just being I'm more peaceful. I don't get triggered as much and less anxiety. So yeah, you know, it arises every now and then, but modalities just go for them. Just try them all. That sounds so fascinating, especially the past life component, the past life piece, because I've done so much reading on that from Brian Weiss to Denise Lynn. Um, I've participated in a group regression, which was a, a little different. I, I didn't, well, I wasn't able to go so as deep. And then I used, uh, Brian Weiss had a program that I used, I was on a CD and I was actually able to get some really deep information from it. So I'm, I'm so fascinated in, in tapping into that. And do you think that, I mean, if you're, and I know you're, you're so open and, and you're willing to share that knowing these kinds of techniques, has this been able to help you with your own, you know, recent traumas that you've been through, you know, you recently had a miscarriage, you were you know, pretty open about it on your podcast and you're actually helping other people other women, you know, that have gone through this, but were you able to draw from, from that technique, from what you learned to help you with that? Yes. Yes, I was. Yeah. I've, I haven't regressed myself. I should do really. You probably just reminded me to go and have a regression by someone because, you know, I've done my own meditations. I got a lot of comfort out of the spiritual messages behind the miscarriage. I, the miscarriage, you know, getting pregnant so quick, you know, after trying for one month was, definitely a, a, a happened because I had some, I had fears around getting pregnant. I had fears that it would take me a long time to get pregnant. And as you know, thoughts are very powerful. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that niggle had gone away, you know, from, I said to Chris, you know, I think we should start trying now just in case it takes six months or more. And even he said, it's not, you're healthy. You're going to, it's going to be fine. And getting pregnant in the first month was, oh my God. Like, so it kind of got just that fear just dissolved. And the miscarriage you know, that that then wanted another layer of fear to come up, you know, of I'm not good enough. I did something wrong. Can I have children? You know, all those. And I remember just saying in my, in my podcast and to other people who I help is that those thoughts are valid and not to, you know, not to dismiss them, let them come up and, and hear them, but don't go down that dark path. Because again, you have that choice of going down the light path, the dark path. And I didn't want to drop into that victim mentality of the ego, you know, did that the shackles of the ego wanting to keep me in that victim mentality. I just thought, you know, it wasn't meant to be. And then I had some beautiful spiritual messages about, you know, Wayne would love this if I was talking to him right now. You know, babies want to be born at the exact right moment and the exact right time. They want the right star sign. The astrology is all lined up. You know, the human design, all these layers to when you're born. I was three weeks early, so I should have been October baby. So I should have been a Scorpio and I wasn't. I was actually a Libra. So I was meant to be a Libra because that's who I am today. And just who it's like. And the other message I got was this little soul just wanted to just come into my womb space just for a little short time to feel my love and warmth. And that was so comforting in the moment. So if I can help women see that there's a deeper meaning to everything and that you know, it wasn't your fault and that, you know, you can take so much from, from the messages. But I think from past life regression, there's a story that I'll tell you really quick. I had a client who struggled with fertility for about two years. She'd been in a toxic relationship at the time. And then she just got into a new relationship and she wanted to try for a baby because she was 39 and she was just feeling really anxious about, you know, you know, getting to menopause, things like that. 
So we, she came to see me and she had a lot of gynecological issues as well. So I had a lot of resonance with her because I had a lot of issues growing up as well. And ultimately she wanted to heal herself and find out why she's got infertility issues because she's healthy. She goes to the gym, she eats healthy, things like that. We went to all three lives. Her subconscious was not wasting any time. She went to three different lives. She was a woman in every life and every single life she'd gone to, she'd had a stillbirth, a miscarriage and died at birth. So every single life she'd gone to, her subconscious wanted to show her those that day was traumatic. So a fear within her soul was, if I get pregnant, I'm going to die or lose a baby. So there was a lot of like fear around getting pregnant. Three months after the session, she's pregnant and she's happy. And it just, that just healed her in that moment of just finding out what the fear was and bringing it to the surface and her going, you know what, that that's not going to happen now. And it just unlocks something. And some of the messages she got from the subconscious were just about that time. Miscarriage and stillbirth were very, very common. You know, obviously, you know, that's why we had so many children in this back, you know, in the right. old days, like nine to 12 children, because like half of them would die with, you know, different diseases and things. So just, you know, her subconscious just told her to just let the fear go. And she just, again, felt that click. And yeah, to know that she's pregnant and, you know, I've helped facilitate that because I say it's all them. I don't do the healing. They do the healing. I just facilitate that for them. So that was a really lovely story that I love sharing. That's so beautiful. I mean, do you know if it's going to be a girl and they'll name her Pippa? (laughs) Imagine. (laughs) That would be great. I think that would be great. I mean, I love to hear those kind of healing stories. And um, there's there's so many, uh, you know, if you read Brian Weiss, you know, many lives, many masters, the classic, um, yeah. and you know, a lot of, of work that Denise Lynn has done into that. And I, I really think that if people can open their mind and maybe examine some of that, be willing to, to look, and I'm sure you read Wayne's uh, past life regression in his book. Yeah. The, and the, the one he did, he did. Was, was Serena or was it, uh, was it Sage? Uh, might've been, you talked about the daughters having it as been. well. Yeah, yeah, it was with Mira Kelly, and he he, he talks about it in um, uh, the last book he did. I can see clearly now, and he he writes about his experiences. So yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty pretty amazing stuff. And if people are interested in hearing, you know, Pippa share more about um, her experience with overcoming the miscarriage, you should listen to her podcast with Chris, her husband, and they do a really beautiful job in in sharing that story. And I wanted to ask you too. So, I mean, you're, you're so great to talk to. I'm sure you must have a million clients. You're probably busy. And on your site, when you talk about intuitive guidance, I like how you describe it when you're working with someone, it's about aligning with your connection, like my connection to God and using my own channeling gifts while healing. So you're not like coming in saying I'm this magical healer and I'm going to do this, but you're really facilitating people to find their own power. And and I I think that's, that's really amazing message. Yeah. When people want to book in for intuitive guidance, I say to them every single time, if they're a new client, you know, my, my wish for you is that you can go away after today and do this yourself. It's great to go and have readings and go and speak to, you know, listen to like people talk and and call for different, you know, for coaches and healers and go for Reiki because it's beautiful and all these different modalities, but just to empower them, empower them to know that you have these, you know, gifts within you. A lot of women that, even men as well, would come to see me, they just, they feel powerless, you know, and that can be because of a lot of different things, you know, trauma and, and, you know, all these different, as we grow up and things, but it's like, if I can just help them leave my space 
and know that they have that innate wisdom within them. Again, like I do see it, like, again, I see the ego across the social media of I'm this healer, come and see me. It's like, I don't heal people. Like I, I don't heal them. I facilitate healing with them. There's a different, I don't heal them. It's, it's I'm healing with them. So I always say to like, when I teach Reiki is that when you're actually healing a client or you, you know, you're doing a Reiki session or it's a guidance session or whatever it is, you know, healing has so many different layers and so many different ways, you know, even just talking. Some people will come to me for a healing session. I don't really call it a Reiki session anymore because it's just a healing session and they need an hour of just talking and crying and just letting something out. Some people come to see me because they just want to have like a little bit of a chat, you know, be, you know, meditate, be held just in a, in a motherly way. Some come because they want to be grounded. And I intuitively know that when they come, like sometimes I'll just have the calling to go outside and take the shoes off. One lady came and I, I washed her feet. And as I was washing her feet, she was crying because she got so much comfort out of this. Like, so the confidence grew in me as well, you know, and just having the confidence to not just like stick to one thing and just be like, use my intuition when people come here. And again, like my following in Wayne's footsteps, I do want to have that. Eventually my dream is to kind of have like this app or, you know, radio show where people can ring in. I just give them guidance. Cause I always find when I listen to you and Wayne on whatever episode I click on, I just click on a random one. Might've listened to it 10 times, but I just know it's at the <laughs> right time. When someone calls and says, hi, Wayne, it's so good to talk to you. Oh my God. And then like they ask a question and I answer it in my head and he answers it exactly the same as I would. And I'm just like, yes, I got, I've got it. Yes. So it's like, I just get that confidence boost knowing that my wisdom and my knowledge that if I can just share that like Wayne does, that's a big, big passion of mine. So yeah, like all of you listening, have got in intuition and again, we we second guess our, our gifts, you know, oh, I'm not gifted. Oh, I'm not, I'm not this and I'm not that. And I remember my coach last year said, uh, it was actually a friend, Christina, and I, I had a vision of her going to New York and she was signing a book or something like that. And she was like, oh my God, are you psychic? And I instantly said no. And I told my coach and she's like, as if you said you're not psychic. And I was like, the thing is we label a psychic as like, can see into the future and right, you know, crystal ball and the whole thing. But like a psychic is so many different things. Like there's, as you know, all these different clairvoyant, you know, there's clairvoyant, clairaliance, clairsentience, clair, there's clair audience, there's loads of them. We all have different gifts. And I think we're, we're all psychic in a way. We can all read energy, you know? So yeah, it's the, I got to sit with that and be like, yeah, I actually am psychic, <laughs> you know? Right, so let's claim it. Absolutely. No, yeah, I agree a hundred percent because I was actually just reading um, an article that, I, and I wish I could remember the source. My Tina, my business partner, is big on sources. You know, where did you get that? Yeah. But it it was basically um, validating just exactly what you're saying that science is proving that you know we do have a sixth sense, and yeah. you know it does exist, and we just don't use it. And I I remember I was at a, a like a new age bookstore not too long ago, and. I love tarot cards and I have like tons of different decks and I love to pull my own cards. And I was talking to someone else shopping there and they go, you, you do your own readings. Like it's not possible. And I said, I get better readings from myself <laughs> than, than I do from it's other trust, people. It's trusting your own guidance because you second guess your own guidance. So you want to, you want to go to someone else for them to right. confirm what you already know. So I'd say 90% of the QHHT sessions I have, the subconscious at the end, it's so funny because the personality is like all different. 
they say you already know the answers. So in the first part of the session, they bring questions to the session to ask the subconscious. And by the time they get to the session, they've crossed off about 10 of them because they're like, I already know the answer. I just doubt. It's the self-doubt that I'm trying to cleanse from people because we all have it. It all creeps in. It's part of who we are. The ego's grip on us of the self-doubt. But it's just at the end of the session, they're like, all those questions I already knew the answers to, but I, d- I doubted the answers because I needed someone else to tell me. But I'm like, but the thing is, you're telling yourself from your higher self to you. So it's just you. So it's interesting because it's we all do it. And it's just helping people to realize that if we can get rid of self-doubt and trust ourselves and, and have faith in ourselves, it's it's really important. It's so important. And you're right. It is very human that I think that we doubt ourselves. We want someone else to give us the answer. And i I remember listening to all of the different amazing teachers that we had on Hay House Radio. I think at one point we had like 31 shows and everybody would call and say, tell me what to do. That's all they wanted was just Carolyn Mace or Wayne or someone tell me what to do. And you really can't, you know, how I remember Carolyn Mace like yelling at somebody saying, how the heck am I supposed to tell you what to do? You know, or I'm not a fortune teller. Like she actually kind of got angry at someone, but the the point is that you know we really you do know the answer like you're saying exactly we know the answer so it's just having yeah. more trust and learning to trust in ourselves i mean does that give you such a, a sense of uh satisfaction and you know happiness yeah. when you're working with someone and you see that click or you see them get it you know and there's yeah. a realization yeah. that comes over yeah and even even the coming weeks after like you know after the session they message and they say oh my god this happened or you know, a sign happened or they had this like little a quantum moment, a quant like the book that Wayne talks about quantum change, like they can happen too. And yeah, like we thing is I say to people, go go for these sessions to explore more of who you are, not to try and fix something because you're not broken. You're not broken. There's nothing to be fixed. You're just exploring parts of you that you lost and they're all within you. So right. Just empowering other people. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. Well, I think you're a powerful teacher and I want to ask a little, ask you a little bit about Chris because your, your husband's such a good guy and he's so handsome. I got a chance to uh, (laughs) spend a little time with you guys here in, in San Diego. So how exactly did you meet? And I do want, let's just do a little plug for his podcast because he has a podcast called all creatures and it's really great. I listened to one not too long ago about the elephants when that documentary came out, the secret of the elephants, and he did such a good job. So what brought you two together? His podcast. Ah, that was it. (laughs) So I was looking to go back to study and I just was wanting to study animals. I don't know where it came from. I was in Australia and I was just thinking, I want to go back to study. And I got accepted to do a master's in animal behavior at Manchester Uni, which was insane because I have no animal experience. And I was sat on Burley Beach on the Gold Coast, which is my favorite spot. And I remember just thinking, I'm going to download a podcast just to listen to, to, you know, learn more about animals as you do. And I remember Googling the best animal podcast in the world to listen to and a list of like 10 came up and I just clicked on the one that was resonating with me. I love the logo and I just clicked on it and it was Chris and Angie's business partner. And I just love listening to them. And I thought, oh, he's got a great voice. He's American. And me being me, wanted to support them. So I sent them a message on Instagram. I thought it'd either be Angie who would apply or Chris. And it was Chris who, who looked after the Instagram and it was just instant resonating of energy, you know, compatibility. It was like really friend- friendly at first. It was like, I told him I was going back to uni and he thought I was an Aussie at first. And I was like, no, I'm from the UK. And then it just went from, I got back to the UK, started to study. 
you know, he told me about the science papers and how, you know, sometimes it can be really hard when you're not used to it. And the friendship just evolved. And then I ended up getting on a plane to California in December of 2019. And the rest is history. And the so. rest is history. I love that. That is so romantic. That's so great. See, I, and the wonderful thing about, you know, the, the age that we live in now, that you can meet the love of your life through a podcast and yeah. look what happens. And now you're, yeah. you're happily living in New Zealand. We've That's just so amazing. got our dream house. We're moving into our dream house in two weeks. And actually what I was going to say was normally when something big happens in life, you want to go have like a reading, you know, to see like, is it going to happen? Because that doubt creeps in. One thing I didn't do was get a reading to, what, to do with the house. I just had no doubt. I remember walking into that house and I said to Chris, it's our house. It's mine. It's mine. I'm having it. It's done. And I remember going in, visualizing myself in the house and I didn't once go get a reading because I just knew. Didn't have no doubt. You knew. That's amazing. Wow. I mean, congratulations. That's so great. So tell mm -hmm. our listeners, um, I know you have to meet uh, your hubby for lunch. So <laughs> we'll we'll wrap up, but I want to find out what you're going to be working on in the future. you have any books planned maybe or some courses? I have everything planned. I just, I just don't know where to start. I don't know what to right. do. Don't, yeah. I just want to, I want to be able to just create as much as possible. I have so many ideas. I'm a human design generator. So I just constantly generating ideas. I have, but I have books in me. I just need to sit down and write them. I love creating courses. I think my next big step is to create and build a community here in New Zealand. So I'm starting to do once a month, just turning up on stage and just talking about spirituality because, you know, I remember reading a post on Facebook. It said, if someone was to hand you a mic for an hour, what could you talk about passionately? And I was like, I can't pick one thing. I just, a bit like Wayne, I could just talk about everything. So I've, I've started that next month in August. So once a month donation basis in New Zealand, just people turn up and just create that community. And I want to build up where I'm on stage to thousands. So I just have, I love speaking. I've always been a good speaker. I've always been a talker. My mum and dad will confirm that being a child. I never should ever shut up. And <laughs> I have the confidence and I just want to be on stage helping people and giving people, you know, sharing the wisdom and helping them just with their lives in general. You know, I can't pick one thing. I, I could never niche. I remember a coach saying to me years ago, you need to niche. And I was like, I, I just, I just can't even relate to that word because it was yeah. so hard for us to do. Yeah. There's too many things. Well, I mean, I yeah. hope people will go to your site. I mean, you're an amazing teacher and healer. I am PippaLeslie.com and click on uh, services and find out what you could work with Pippa on. You could do a quantum healing hypnosis, intuitive guidance, also Reiki and other yeah. mentoring and counseling. So you're, you're a born teacher. I, I know that's, you're going to get people and you're going to be out there speaking for sure. Maybe do a Ted yeah. talk. TEDx talk. Yeah, I'd love it. I just want to just talk. That's that's my passion. I just never <laughs> shut up. Chris will say that too. I just don't stop. <laughs> we'll just keep on talking and hopefully you'll keep on I doing will. the podcast. So you can find uh, Pippa and her her podcast, The Conscious Convo Podcast. <laughs> I'll fix this. I'll edit it and fix it. The Conscious Convo Podcast. And you can find it on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And of course, she's a part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. And thank you so much for joining me today, Pippa. It's always fun to talk with you. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really grateful for your time.
I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.